All right, welcome to the OVNI interviews. We're your hosts, Eric Bork and Mikey Taylor. What up? We're the co-founders of OVNI, an intelligence brand for influencers and entrepreneurs. Today's guest started his own apparel brand with $300 and has had huge success. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur who recently retired his mother. His name is Randall Pitch, and he's the CEO and sole founder, right? Yep. Of Live Fit Apparel. Randall, thank you for being on. Thank you guys for having me. Excited. We're, we're stoked to have you. And um, I want to start off, I want to touch on this. You retired your mom, what, like two years ago? Uh, I think so, yeah, r- roughly two years ago, yeah. Okay, so we always do research before these interviews. Right. And I was watching some of your interviews, uh, and I came across a story of your mom. So tell us about where she comes from. And for people who are watching, uh, I, I basically watched the the documentary that Angelina Jolie made right. called First They Killed My Father, mm-hmm. uh, which is about the killing fields of Khmer. So tell us a little bit about your mom and where she comes from. Uh, she came from the country of Cambodia. She fled over here, and I say fled because she escaped the communist um, yep. regime. She came here, I think she was about 17, 16 or 17, 18, roughly around that, that time. But um, she was born and raised over there and lived through, I think, I want to say like four or five years under the regime oh my gosh, of the communist man. regime. And this is like a, a, a genocide um, that took place that a, not a lot of Americans know, only in Southern California where there's a lot of Cambodian yep. population. But yeah, there was a huge genocide where millions of people were just slaughtered, you know, um, teachers, educated people, doctors and stuff. Uh, the, the person, Pol Pot, that took over the regime wanted to literally zero and dummy down the whole country just so everyone would be equal, you know, because he yeah. thought that was like the, the right way to live or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, she lived through that. She had to uh, wear the same type of clothes, eat the same amount of food, um, have the same haircut. Every little girl had to cut their yep. hair short. It, it was the bangs, right? Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Straight right here and then yep. straight right, right around there. And then, uh, yeah, it was just people, she saw people get massacred, people just get murdered and stuff for talking back, you know, it was a very brainwashed way of living. And before that, I mean, I did a little bit more research too, um, not too long ago, like Cambodia was very, very civilized. It was up there with like, you know, with Vietnam, Thai, and just yep. like the, the economy was really, really blowing up until the Vietnam War started. And then that's where Pol Pot started getting, um, you know, this I, uh, I, ideology about communism communism and stuff and started brainwashing everybody and got, you know, people corrupted and, you know, took over. And I want to throw this out there just because for, for people listening that don't know about this, um, and this is actually was in your interview with Andy Frisella that I watched. Correct. Um, they believe that there were more people killed, and I can't. I'm not stating this as a fact, mm-hmm. but um, with the Holocaust, the the Germans were very specific about keeping record, mm-hmm. and so we know that there were about, I believe, 12 million people overall that were killed. Right. But they believe that the kill in the killing fields of Khmer, there were actually more. Yes, not so. just there, but in the whole genocide in general, that there yep. were actually more than the Holocaust, yes. which is crazy to think about yeah it's insane like a a huge chunk of the population just literally disappeared and and she probably saw a lot of crazy things during that yeah she would tell me now that i ask um and actually not too long ago when i went over to minnesota to visit my grandma she told me some crazy stories too so they've she's seen a lot of stuff because she was an adult at that time you know my mom was about 12 to like 15 years old during the whole that is so so crazy really remember but I, I couldn't imagine as a 12-year-old seeing. So for anybody that wants to see more, watch the the, the movie that Angelina Jolie put out. It's really mm-hmm. well done. 
Um, and then I just wanted to start off with that because it's pretty fascinating to go from there to, to your story and you retiring her. It's, it's a pretty fascinating story. So, right. um, she came to the U S you said when she was 15. Yeah. I, I don't know her, the exact date, but, but around like, that. like yeah, she did a little bit of high school here. Okay. Like during her senior year, I think she went yeah down to John Glenn for a bit and then, and yeah. she came into Long Beach, correct? Yes. Yeah. Lakewood. And where Long were Beach you area. born? I was born in Long Beach. You're born in Long Beach. Yeah. Okay. So she came over here, Long Beach. You're born in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you basically start Live Fit. Let, let's, let's jump forward a, a little bit um, and talk about where you're at today. So Live Fit, uh, how much are you doing these days? I know you're not going to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I know the number, number thing is that, yeah, a little bit, but I'll tell you this. My first year, we, we broke a million bucks. You Your know? first my year, first you year, broke yeah. a And you're so six years in? Six years deep now. So, And we've had tremendous growth from then so eric loves putting you on the spot right yeah, away yeah. i do it every time <laughs> i do it i do it every time uh yeah uh, okay so let's actually though just to give the people an idea mm-hmm. how big how big is your warehouse our warehouse right now is thirty-two thousand square feet. Thirty-two thousand yeah. square foot warehouse for Live yeah. Fit. It's like a cost. You're doing pretty good, man. You're <laughs> tired. You're yeah. 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 <laughs> He's got I'm all right. <laughs> pretty big warehouse. So yeah. you're you're doing really good. Um, and uh, let, let's jump a Thanks. little bit mm-hmm. more more into your story and your mm-hmm. background. So tell us about the your your start with your first apparel company. The the first few, I guess you could say, companies uh, were just. You know, as like, a, I, I think I was in high school, uh, my sophomore, junior year, it was just a clothes that me, my friends designed and just, you know, sold them as skateboarders and, you know, as kids that were into like hardcore music or whatever, we just wanted to design some clothes and, and rock it, you know? So it wasn't ever like to, the purpose was never to build like this, this corporate company or anything, you know, it was just having fun, design some clothes. And the first one was um, the first official one, or actually, if you want to backtrack even more, because I played in bands too, like in my sophomore year. So uh, in playing in bands, we would make merchandise. So I guess, you know, I had to learn how to silk screen t-shirts and stuff like that uh, during the band days. But then later when the band didn't go through, then I started skateboarding brands or streetwear brands, you know, and the nice. first one was called Ruckus. That was in high school. It was Ruckus? Ruckus, yeah, nice. R-U-K-K-U-S, yeah. So I had that and then, you know, um, I started that clothing brand and we made a MySpace. It was like back then, you know, it had no the top way. 10, whatever. I had uh, skaters on the team, which he was one of the skaters on the team back then. And then uh, we had, we sponsored hardcore bands and it was just like all for fun, you know? It was, everything I learned was just really just doing it with the flow of it, you know? Um, and that never really popped off, but it did teach me a lot of lessons as well. Yeah. It taught me where to go, uh, silk screen, what companies to use, what blanks to use, how to research everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so it was merch. You started selling merch for a band. That's what was your first apparel brand. Pretty much. Yeah. You can say that it was like a mixture. I can't well, the like first back- one was the first one was merch for, for the band, but then you started yeah. Ruckus, which was a just skate yep. kind of lifestyle yeah, brand. Exactly. And that was all in like high school year, uh, high school years. Yeah. And did you have, you had accounts? No, it was all direct still. Yeah, it was direct. We had like consignment accounts and whatever, but we, we were just kids just having a good time. Yeah. Okay. And was yeah. it just you? It was me and I had a partner, an old partner, Matt Mayo. Yeah. He was my old partner. Okay. Yeah, and then so Ruckus eventually turned into Live Fit? No, Ruckus just died off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was like way, way back. We had our own silk screening press. So we were like printing our own shirts. You know, this is like when- Oh, so uh, you set up the press from the beginning. Yeah, we, I, I, I bought a, a silk screening press. It was like a four color press, put it in the garage and literally printed our own shirts and used like our own conveyor dryer. Literally nice. everything, burned our own light screens and yeah. everything. Yeah. 
So I learned all that stuff like when I was like 14 years old. And so did, did you go to college at all? I did, yeah. Oh, I you did, did later, yes. You have a degree. I don't have a degree, though, but oh. I went to college six years, and we'll get into that later if you <laughs> want to talk about that, yeah. Uh, gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then walk us through. You went ruckus, and then that turned into... So ruckus didn't turn into anything. That just taught me a lot of stuff. No, and I'm then... saying, uh, yeah, so what was the next next so, company you did? So after, after ruckus didn't go through... Um, that's when I started getting into fitness and started going into personal uh, training. I got you. And mm-hmm. that was the end of my senior year, coming towards the end, and then uh, I applied to Long Beach State, and that's when I got in. Mm-hmm. So then I got accepted and um, discovered the Department of Kinesiology, and that's when I was like, oh, shit, okay, this personal training. That's when I discovered that job, and I was like, okay, maybe I can I can do this for, for a living because I'm already working out. Yeah. So I applied at Corporate Valleys, got hired, you know, and I – Obviously, the knowledge you learn from social screening and stuff, you don't throw that stuff away. You keep that in your back pocket. Totally. You know, so I've always knew that stuff. But I continued to to personal train. I built my personal training business at Bally's first. This is while I was still going to college because you can make a lot of money with, um, you know, a short amount of time with mm-hmm. that type of job. Um, so I, I, I worked at Bally's for about five years going through college and then eventually quit Bally's and built up my clientele and went to a private gym. And okay. from that private gym, that's when I started Live Fit. But Live Fit was just a slogan for my personal training business, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. I, know, I know I'm going pretty no, fast. No, so just for me not even having an idea. This yeah. how, much can, how, much, like, how much can you make being a personal trainer? Dude, I was, I was making almost six figures working like six hours a day. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then just, yeah. And this is, but, is this before doing, social media started popping off? Uh, Facebook was, yeah. And were you building a uh, following on Facebook? Yeah, kind of, yeah. It wasn't on purpose. It was just me like showcasing what I did, yeah. and just you know, just putting it out there. Yeah. yeah, and and so you you were a trainer, so you had clients. Were you also entering in? Was there competitions or? Yeah, so I got into bodybuilding um, my freshman year of college when I was like nineteen. Yeah, I remember that. I did my first bodybuilding competition competition then, and could really got into fitness. You know, so that's how I got into the. the kinesiology department you know because mm, I, yeah. I wanted to study something with like the human anatomy or, or exercise science when i got into college you know so that's when i discovered personal training and started i want to go hey i want to go that route yeah. you know and just so we don't free, uh skip it did you also i can't remember did you study design in college or is that something you learned on your own no so i took uh, my first and last graphic design course my sophomore year in high school. In high school, okay. Yeah, so I learned Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator, and that's where I actually learned how to silkscreen too, because in that uh, course, one of the curriculums, or one of the uh, things you had to learn was how to make a t-shirt from scratch. So you've known how to do that since you were a sophomore in high school? Yeah, 14. Gotcha, yeah. okay. You're actually like a man of many trades. I know, that's yeah. what I was thinking this whole time. We, we had dinner a couple weeks ago, and I, yeah. he does a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just can't sit still, I guess. Maybe I got it. Maybe you got it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now we got to put context. Yeah, we had a conversation. Mikey, Mikey just discovered he's ADHD. I found out two days ago. <laughs> yeah. I've and known, everyone I've I tell kind of goes, uh, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, okay. So, so you started LiveFit as like your personal brand. Just for of, your right? clients? Or? Yeah. So, yeah. So, let me jump back into that. So, um, at Bally Total Fitness, you can't really brand your own business because yeah. you're under Bally's corporate, right? Mm-hmm. But once I left that, I was I was able to rent out a gym at No Limits. This was like a private gym mm. where they leased out to personal trainers to run their own business. So I brought my clientele there and built up even more of a clientele. And my personal training business was RP Fitness for Randall Pitch Fitness. And then I had a slogan and that slogan was just live fit. Uh, so I would actually you. put that on the merch when I would I make merch for my clients. 
and then I would just put it online and you know showcase it on Facebook, make videos, and you know just take before and after pictures. Yeah, I was the designer, so I could make ads and stuff like that. You know, did you just curiosity? Uh-huh. Did you trademark the slogan back then? No. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, so did it? Did it? Did you kind of get into a situation where people resonate? Res, resonate? Uh, what the fuck? Resonate. What are you looking for? <laughs> resonate? No. Resonate. Were they? Was the? Were, were you getting more resign? Recognition. Recognition. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Recognition for Live Fit. Uh, was that kind of getting more than Randall Pitch Fitness? Is that what it's originally called? Um. Yeah. Yes, like how did you of, take it from people Randall had Fish to have stuff. seen the brand and be like this is cool i mean yeah the first time you see it, you're like live fit yeah i want to do that exactly. so it, it makes sense yeah but it, i think it popped off even more because of the of what i showcased with it gotcha. you know when i was making these videos i was really showcasing like um a camaraderie type of family like hmm. when i was training because uh, my clientele it wasn't just like young people i was training like doctors lawyers surgeons like i had all walks of faces gotcha. coming through in and out of my my business so people were looking at that like, dude, you know, Randall's actually, I'm helping out people like no matter yep. who their background was, you know, I was college students to old professionals and these people were rocking live fit, you know, and nice. people really, really, uh, you know, tied or what do you call it, had emotional attachment to yep. that, you know, saying, hey, I want to be a part of this, you know, so either I would either get leads, which were people that wanted to train with me or people that were too far away, but still wanted some way to Mm-hmm. Uh, be a part of it so that's when i started getting uh what do you call that's kind of when the light went off yeah you know? yeah yeah so yeah i started just selling the stuff out of my trunk from lo- to local people to then later selling it on an e-commerce platform because people that were because like i said i put it on facebook you know I, there were, I was reaching to people that were wasn't in california you know so like hey how can i get this shirt if i if i'm not training with you yep you know so siren break Gosh, there, that, there was, we go. that was a loud one. We're in the, here in Burbank. <laughs> it's not that hood, but it's yeah, not the nicest, cool. I guess. Uh, well, talking about the nicest, so this was all happening in Long Beach. Yes, yes. And yeah. th- those sirens were a good segue. They were a perfect segue. <laughs> Let's talk about Eastside Long Beach. So you yeah. grew up East. Where did you grow up? Yeah, in Eastside Long Beach. Yeah, I was born and raised in Eastside. Yeah. Okay, and that's so a that's tough. a pretty pretty rough part. Yeah, but before yeah, Long Beach is a pretty big city. You know, it's almost as big as L.A. It takes a yeah. like a huge chunk of LA County. You know, you got your really nice parts of, of Long Beach. You got like the Naples, Belmont Shores where there's, you know, um, yeah. very like wealthy people living there. Then you got like the North side, East side where like Snoop Dogg is from. And you know, we're all like, where you hear about stuff in the movies and shit from, uh, uh, what was that one movie that just came out? Was it straight out of Compton or yeah. Like that, you know, it's just, yeah. just like that. So, <laughs> so we used to, I don't even know if you were around for this. We used to, we have a mutual friend, Terry Kennedy. Grew yeah, up yeah. On, uh, what, 21st in Atlantic, maybe? Yes, yeah. And, oh, he uh, told us stories one day. Is that oh, yeah, dude. I was like, you know, I was 17 at this point. Paul was 16. Spanky yeah. was like 16, right? And how old were we? We were like, how old are you now? I am 30. Oh, yeah, I'm five years old than you. Yeah, but Terry Kennedy, he's older than us, right? Yeah, Terry's probably yeah. 32 now. But uh, we used to go pick him up. Uh, this was, 15 years ago 16 years ago yeah, right? that's crazy and it was like four white kids rolling down 21st street and every single person outside is looking it's like who the fuck oh i did go kids? once with you I, I we went to his uh his garage yeah oh, you went to his garage and it was yeah. like you know big mike 
Black Mike. Uh, he had so many Black cousins Mike. with all these all these like names. It was like, and that we go up, and they were so cool to us. It was mm-hmm. like we were like thought we were the shit kind of like all these dudes were like down with us. We thought we could walk yeah, on the yeah. block. <laughs> but his grandma was like, "Why no, do you?" At first, like, "Why are you bringing?" Yeah, them when here? we first came up, his grandma was like, "Terry, what are you doing with these kids here?" Oh shit! Well, she was concerned for us. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. That's not a. <laughs> yeah but it's cool like i mean you, you can be welcoming as well you know what i mean yeah. it's not all like crazy it just depends on where you're at or, you yeah, know of course you got to know who you're with and, and whatnot especially in certain areas especially his his area yeah you know so yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you you had a couple of those though. So is, is that when did the clothing store come into play? So this was this was literally out of the blue. Um, I was in college. I was already running my personal training business, and then I just had this random opportunity to buy into a t-shirt store with my buddy Bruce, that okay. currently still owns the shop, but he bought me out later. Obviously, I don't okay. want it anymore. Um, and I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll buy into it because I know the t-shirt game and whatnot. Um, so I did because yeah, I saw money in it i saw potential growth in it and one thing about long beach is that everyone that's from the city is very prideful of, of yes of that city you know and everyone wants to rep it so one thing that we did at the shop too was design like long beach uh, style clothing lbc clothing and you know sell super it to, smart to yeah the uh, uh the consumers you know and that's how we scaled that that business nice and that taught me a lot too you know but it taught me a lot of like uh in-person uh, retail customer service, you know, because I didn't have that prior. I only did like personal training and stuff, you know. Gotcha. So, but yeah, so that's where that T-shirt store came from, and it was off of Molino and Anaheim, which is like on the on the, in the east side, right there. And something <laughs> happened. Well, somebody came in. Oh yeah, I got some crazy Tell stories. Tell us a couple you know? stories. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it, we've seen some crazy stuff to um, bums coming in, you know, gangsters fighting, like the wrong the, the enemies come in, like you know, cross gangs, and then I remember this one time. Um, this this one uh, Mexican dude, he came in, and I think he was already, like, messed up in the head. I think he, like, did some drugs or whatever, but he was from Isa Longo, which is, like, they don't like Cambodians. You know, they're, they're like, uh, like, EBK, like, everybody killer. They're against everybody, right? He came in. He tried to buy a, uh, a white T-shirt with uh, this fake $5 bill, and I was there. I was like, hey, you can't buy this, you know? I wasn't it was, like, to obviously, yeah. Like- it was, like, fucking tissue paper, dude. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking serious? And he's like, oh, you don't, you don't want you don't want to uh, – sell this to me because what because i'm a mexican because i'm a donkey i'm like nah fool, this shit's fucking fake i can't take it he's like all right i'm gonna come back and fucking kill all y'all motherfuckers he's like fuck nips he went he went outside he started yelling and all this shit and i was like fuck are you fucking serious because you have to take that serious yeah and i'm like dude you know and i know what gang he's from and they don't they don't fucking play so yeah. my business partner bruce is like fuck all right took the shotgun we had a fucking shotgun right there loaded that shit just fucking cocked it back and just put the safety on and we're just waiting for that fool. And he was like, if that fool comes back, aim right there. Just point it this way and fucking shoot. <laughs> He's like, just point it and fucking shoot. You will blast the fucking whole wall. It's like, you don't have to aim, just fucking cut. Because, you know, shit yeah. like that happens. You know, like if he's yeah. going to come back, it's we're dead or that fool's dead. And it's yeah. like, hey, we got to make a fucking choice. And I was like, hey, you got to be down for that shit. I'm not going to fucking shut, shut down my shop just for that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Damn, no, yeah. I might have shut it down, dog. <laughs> it's I might have shut dude. it down. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, that's like, yeah, that was like one of the yeah crazy stories, and, and there's 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 a lot. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, you you have a good background in in apparel and retail, right? Yeah, a good background. Yeah, yeah but you have a, it sounds like you have a good background in direct also. Direct and yeah, I guess everything that life's thrown at me, I kind of just you know learn from it. So I got a good background, in pretty much everything. So <laughs> so it sounds like with Live Fit, you kind of launched it direct. 
Yes, I did launch it direct, yeah. And then was there a point where you started selling to retail? Where so when I start, started um, popping LiftFit off, so once LiftFit started really taking off, I was still personal training, right? Yeah. And so I, I wasn't really focused on getting accounts. I was just focused on getting new designs and just making my clients happy and my new uh, clients happy, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's all I did was just focus on making designs. And then it came to a point where I was, because I was a solo guy, like I, I did everything myself. There was a point where there was just way too many orders. I was just fucking taking um, so much time packing and stuff like that to the point where I was overwhelmed and, and you know, I was getting money while I was sleeping. And I wasn't used to that because when, when you're personal training, you're, you're at a service job. Yep. You're training your time for a service. Yep. With this, you're getting money when you sleep. Okay? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, dude, this is really taking off. But I was having a hard time because I'm really close to my clients. You know, these clients are been with you for years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you get personal because, you know, they're, you're kind of like their, their psychiatrist when you're personal training. You got a lot of rest mm -hmm. times and whatnot. So mm -hmm. you, you get very close with them. But I had to make this decision, which was like kind of heartbreaking at, at first, you know, like, hey, I have to I have to shut down my personal training business. And I want to follow my dreams and, and start this apparel company because I've been in so many apparel or I have started so many apparel companies before that didn't pop off. This was already popping off, so I eventually closed that down, and then. Um, and you could recognize it right away that this was yeah, different than the exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was scaling it, or I was like spreading myself so thin to the point where I was telling everybody, like, "Dude, what should I do? What should I do?" You know what I mean? And then finally, I just made the choice because I was like, "Dude, this thing is going this way," and you know, I I eventually gave some of my clients to um, some other trainers that uh, worked for me at the time that still train with my my friends today that are trainers. So they're in good hands. Um, and then eventually just went 110% with LiveFit. And were you able to just, was it kind of like a perfect transition where kind of LiveFit was making as much as you were making? Yes. Yeah, so you didn't have exactly. to like step away and kind of get a little no. tight. Exactly. So I, I made sure that was that, that, was that at first, that um, LiveFit made as much money as the personal yeah. training business. So I wouldn't be, you know, sacrificing a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once I did dedicate 110% just the revenue spiked even that yeah. much more. You know? So do you so, have any specific numbers? And if it's, if you don't have those numbers <laughs> from back then, do you remember kind of what the initial spikes were? Dude, we were having, um, I want to say like 500% growth rate every month. Wow. And it was fucking nuts, dude. It was, uh, yeah. I remember we were doing, uh, fuck man, we made our like a first like 50,000. I was like, oh fuck dude. And then went to like a hundred thousand. It went to like a half a million. Then we're like, dude, we just hit a fucking million dollars. And you're you funding know? this from the, you're basically purchasing all the gear with your physical training money, yeah, so buying that, and then flipping, yeah, basically so the, selling. Uh, that initial investment, that $300 that you spoke about, mm -hmm. that was just my, from my savings from personal training, my yep. personal training business. And that $300 from my first batch of t-shirts, um, each shirt, you know, roughly is like five, six bucks, you know, yep. and then you sell it for 25 or whatever. I just never touched that money and let it snowballed and create another skew to another skew and restock the old ones and let it snowball. And what year what was this? Uh, this was 2012, 13. 2012. Okay. So yeah. you're at this point, you're going direct and, and you're. Yeah, it's all direct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 2012 was when it started <clears throat> to kind of boom and go up. Yep. Okay. And then you, that 300, you just turned it and then turned it and then yeah. turned it and Dude, it just kept turning. No loans. No loans. People still like are in fucking disbelief. I don't That's know why. I'm hard like, to, this no, is, it's hard to believe. That's why I have, I, we do a, a skateboarding clothing brand. And yeah. I, wait, but if you think about it this way, just, we didn't do it like you did. Yeah. But <laughs> it's if you think hard about it this do. way, if you have like a sufficient amount of money to live off of, and right. then you just let this thing roll over and you just do the simple arithmetic math, yep. like it's just going to make sense. You, you, you spend five, you get back 20. 
So then you have, you know, 15 more. So I'm going to get three more shirts, restock, and it just adds up that way. It's just simple math. But because I was able to live off of my personal training money exactly. and let this thing roll over and do, do the simple math and actually let it snowball. I didn't have to market whatever the, the market was already there. The consumers were already there, you know? So if I sold out, it was okay. I knew they were going to buy it as soon as I restocked. Yeah. You know? So you covered your living and just turned it and turned it. Yeah. And just never Love touched it. that initial investment, you know? Love it. A lot of, a lot of times two people don't have the market. They have, so they do 300 bucks, let's say, and then they can't fucking sell it. Right. But I had the opposite of that problem. I had the selling out problem. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I have something good. This is where I was like, Hey, you know, and this is when I was like, Hey, I got to close the business down. Cause I, I didn't know when it was going to stop. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's a, a I mean, it's never <laughs> happened to me that way. That seems like a, I don't want to say unicorn. It's not, but uh, I don't think that happens often where you yeah, have nah. something and you nope. are able to build something on the side mm-hmm. that, uh, sounds like it got to what, however much you were making yeah. relatively quick. Real, real quick. And also, though, let's talk about this, though. He did that after, what was that, clothing company number five? This wasn't like you started a clothing company yeah, and the no. first one, you flipped it all. You had your bases covered because you had done this before. Yeah, this was just me being optimistic while I was training. Like like I said, this wasn't, my end result, end goal wasn't to have Live Fit Apparel. It was to have yep. RP Fitness super successful yeah but i seen this door yeah when i seen the fucking yep. shirts shirts just selling out i was like oh, dude, and I that's one of the yeah that's one of the things that bother me about a lot of entrepreneur stories is people tell them like i did this not not you but like the right. the podcast or whatever they'll tell mm-hmm. them like this happened it was it was huge and it that you put a lot of work into the background and your knowledge of apparel right and you learned at 14 how to print your own shirts right and this is the part that i think entrepreneurs need to see is you paying the dues of mm-hmm. figuring out how to print your shirt you printed shirts for long beach which is which is a really smart move right right because everybody in long beach is going to buy those mm-hmm. you had your bases covered so i like touching on that stuff mm-hmm. just because it shows kind of all the work that went into it right yeah so I'm sorry sure. mike i didn't mean to keep no keep it's all good I, I i totally agree with you mm-hmm. I, I think it's uh you're fascinating. Yeah, most people have to, most people learn all this stuff as they go through right, it, right? right? And it's like this, the beginning are not only growing pains with the business, but you're trying to kind of figure this shit out also. Oh right? yeah, Where for you sure. kind of yeah. had it figured out already. Yeah, that's all, that's what entrepreneurship is all about. You know, you have, you, you learn, you fuck up, but you take those and you put them in your back pocket and apply it to your next um, lesson or the next uh, whatever scenario, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. you start direct, uh, I know you're in some retail now. Yes, yeah. W- when did you make the decision and why to go retail? Our main focus wasn't going to retail, but I didn't want to close those doors because I knew some people still wanted to go the old school way and go on and try the shirts mm-hmm. on and whatever. So I, I um, hired a wholesale guy or whatever. Well, actually, I did it first myself. Literally. A sales guy or? Actually, this was later down the road. I was doing okay. a lot of stuff myself. Um, it was me and um, this girl I hired, Chulin, a while back. It was me and her just literally doing everything you know, and uh, we got hit up from like nutrition stores, from other local stores to like, hey, how can we get an account? And I was like, fuck, dude, we don't even have a catalog or nothing, but this is what I have on the website. If you want it, mm-hmm. let us know. I can give you some wholesale pricing. And then sure enough, they did. But one thing we always did too is we always kept it very selective. Uh, every store had to get my approval because we had the leverage. So mm-hmm. you want to get into this conversation now, like we have the leverage now. So that gives... Uh, these retail and big box stores, like, you know, they, they don't understand that, you know, mm-hmm. when, when the, the big guys are hitting us up, I'm like, you got to play by our rules. We have this minimum, you better hit it. 
and we don't play by your terms, you play by our terms. Yep. So there's no net 30s up front. I was like, no, because we're going to bring traffic. What are your stories? Yeah. No net 30s. Fuck what that. are your You're terms? paying up front, and then we will deliver your shit when I tell you. Good Amazing. You. you know why? You know why? <laughs> you get a round of applause, Good for man. you. But well, you know why? Because nowadays, we hold the market on our, our yeah. social media platforms. We hold the market. If I put myself in your stores, I'm bringing you fucking exposure. You're not bringing me shit. Yeah. I already have my exposure right here. Yeah. on my phone i can get to my customers right here if i put it in your store you know what that means i'm giving up a little bit of my my brand a little bit of your margin for for you for exposure for you yeah. for your stores you see what i'm saying so it it, it, it got it went, it <laughs> went backwards it. right you see love it so and then we always kept our foot down and you know and that played hardball still to this day you know i'm very selective what are some of the majors uh in the well so i guess <clears throat> is it like is it the fitness space or is it just apparel? So the thing is in the fitness world, the apparel game isn't that big. So mostly nutrition stores, those type of stores. will carry your up. brands. Yeah. So we're, we're in a ton of those type of stores. And then we started getting into um, surf shops and stuff. Our biggest one is Locomotion. They have about 12 uh, shops in uh, the islands over uh -huh. in Hawaii. Okay. Those are like, I, I think those they, they are our biggest um, so no, but they're like, still mom and pa, you know, but okay. we just like to keep it family oriented people that like yeah. to work with us, you know Okay, and like I said, we don't play terms. So I'm trying <laughs> that's what I'm trying to trying to go through right now Like if I know there's majors that we deal with if I said that to them, they thought no, there's yeah, no way no. It's just not gonna happen, right? It, it probably will happen later later uh, it, yeah. Just in this it, where we live now, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're mm -hmm. all kind of in agreement that retail is Not only going through a massive change, right? It's not done yeah, right. Yeah, right. But right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no way I'm getting. We're not even getting a net thirty with majors. Mm -hmm. It's closer to sixty, forty-five oh, to sixty. Yeah, yeah. Or we have to bring our margin even further down. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. That's, god, that's that's basic. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you and jealous at the same time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, so you so you guys are selling product in gyms. Yeah, gyms and um, some gyms. And, but more like nutrition stores. Okay. Yeah. And are, are you actively growing the retail business now? Um, we're not like going full force on it. We have um, we're there, we have a wholesale department, but we're just taking calls in. Uh -huh. We've rarely, I don't think ever. Like, so I, I want to <laughs> ask a specific question because I've always wondered this. What percentage, what, what, how much do gyms do in apparel? Actually, now the, the game is changing, you know, because the, the supplement business is hard to get into because the margin's not that great. Mm -hmm. And now they're finding out that apparel has a lot of better wait, margins. Wait, wait, mar supplements, margins aren't good? No, they're crap. They are? Yeah. Oh, I was, all, I was always well, under the impression that they were through the roof. Like proteins, pre-workouts, that kind of stuff. But compared to apparel, you know, I don't think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much they hike it up, but now everyone's so competitive. Uh -huh. So now gyms are seeing that there's actually good margin in apparel is what you're saying? Right, yes. And so, so they're trying to get more apparel. Trying to get more apparel, yes. Okay. Yeah. So like in the front store. So as far as a business, how does that do for you? Um, I, it still does fine, you know. What's your what's your split between retail and uh, e-com? Um, e retail is probably, I'd say like 5%, 10%. We, oh. have, we have about like 100 accounts right now, but still. It's only Your like, e-com's that big? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's huge. So e-com's so 90%. That's, all, that's amazing. Yeah. If that, if probably maybe more. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Yeah. So is there any part of you that, you know, when you start, and I know you're really hands-on about what retail accounts pick up what product and right. I imagine how they display it. Mm -hmm. you, you you can lose control on how your brand is portrayed when you sell it to someone else to right. sell. Exactly. Right? Um, do you have any, I don't know if fear is the right word, but uh, do you think about that? Do you think about like 
not letting your brand get out to too many people, affecting your image. Yep. Yeah, we've had some issues prior to, and this is more on the international accounts um, of <laughs> us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. So like, we have some pretty strict rules in our contracts about not having us being displayed um, in a certain way or whatnot. And some of these, uh, like I said, the international accounts, one of them specifically in, in China and Hong Kong and stuff, did this uh, the wrong way. So I don't, there's no mercy with me. And I tell them straight up, I'm like, hey, pull the account. And Can you give us an no example questions. of how not to portray it? Um, well, kind of doing their own stuff, kind of mimicking our uh, our logo and stuff too. Mm, yeah. They're do, they'll make a design. Because this is how I feel a lot of companies are doing. And, or not companies, a lot of stores, and I've noticed this, and I never spoke about this before ever. They use our leverage to gain traction to their page, and then yep. they start making their own merchandise and knocking off our designs. Yep. And then I'm like, nope, the fuck trick. that. Let's, let's cut this shit. And I, like I said, you can ask my wholesale guy, John Merlot, I have no mercy against these retailers because I laid it out in the front. I'm like, hey, if we, if we get you an account, we're going to give you guys exposure. So yeah, obviously the, the game's turned around. And if there's only one wrong move on this, uh, yeah. nothing will just cut yeah. you off. I don't, you know. That's the Trader Joe's model. Yeah. The product starts doing well. And then they once they know that it's a hot hot product, then they kind of let that go out and they bring the Trader Joe's brand in. Mm -hmm. See, but then we have leverage because of social media. So I will put that fucking company on blast. And yeah. all followers are loyal, so yep. they'll go and go See. talk shit on the uh, <laughs> page. So that's that market, uh, what do you call it? We have like the... You the, have a hold on it. Yeah, yeah. we have a hold on it, you yep. know? Yeah, and that's the so skater. The that's the skater, skater in you, I think. That's the yeah. skater in you. <laughs> you know, you want to fuck with us? All right, you got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Love it. That's really cool. Um, so are you guys really big on all your target marketing, or are you spending a lot of money for advertising through um, your platforms? You, you, believe it or not, we spend zero on... Ads. Zero. No way. Zero dollars. Zero. Zero. Yeah. It's we all organic. One of, one of our marketing guys right here, Miguel, he does, we do just email blast and that's it. And and, and Instagram and all the free platforms. All, obviously, the algorithm's kind of fucking us up right now, yeah. but we still have not spent, we did never did a fucking sponsored ad ever. So what's, so is there a, do you see in your future you hitting a point where you need to introduce that? And Maybe just to try it, you know? To, to spend some money maybe mm -hmm. just to see because I know you hear is. about about oh, of course yeah. yeah we 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 actually we spend money on other um I would say marketing tactics as far as like uh retargeting uh or abandoned carts mm -hmm. um yeah uh, what do you call it I mean there's a ton of other stuff yeah so I, I mean, we, we, Sorry, we do pay for like the uh because our subscribers are pretty high in our email listing, so we have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So if you mm -hmm. can include that, but as far as like advertising and force feeding, yeah, um, like marketing, a dark post, right? Yeah, yeah, we we don't do that. You know, we had a billboard one time on Second Street um, where we ate at, we yeah. at dinner. We yeah. had a billboard, and it wasn't for advertising. It was just me to say I fucking made it in my home city. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, yeah, love people it. were like, dude, did, did, did you get a good return? I was like, I don't care fuck about the return. I just want fucking yeah, people to, to know, like, hey, I made it, dude. That's random. <laughs> I just said billboard. lifted apparel. It didn't even have the website or nothing. Yeah, just, yeah. To me. Go. To me, That's the billboard's amazing. not. I, I, this could be a skewed view, but I don't think billboards uh, return it, uh, at, at in all. sales Dude, at all. When you're, it's just a. It's a not only a, a statement, statement, but it's like a, exactly people have a perceived yeah. value of your brand when they see a big ass billboard yeah. on Second Street, yeah. right? It's same thing with like Diamond doing it, and it's yeah. uh, we did yeah. a couple with uh, we did a couple with Villager, and it was the same thing. 
I don't think it helped for shit Mm-mm. in our sales. But, dude, I got so many DMs. Dog, you exactly. guys already have a billboard? Mm-hmm. They just think you're... It builds integrity, though, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're driving down the street, are you looking up? No, you're looking at your phone. <laughs> I, I don't like, hate to say that, but, you know, you're looking down here. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so before yeah. I forget, do you have any... Back to the algorithm for one second. Uh-huh. Have you noticed, do you track individuals when you do campaigns with certain influencers? Yes. So have you noticed those campaigns a decrease because of the algorithm? Um, yes, uh, but we have our own, like, um, what do you call programming or whatever, uh, how we keep track of everything, but we track everything to the T for every influencer, the time they post, how much engagement it is, how many people save their stuff, the impressions, everything. You the track whole, that. Do you, how, how do you, do you get that info that? from them? We, well, no, from our page, because when we post, we would post. So you give them a code. They, they have to have a, they well, use yeah, a they code have or a something? Code too, as well. Ah, uh, got you. Ours okay. is a business account. You can see yep. the, the algorithm or the, uh, what do you call it? So you're tracking on your page yeah. when a certain influencer posts, you're tracking on your page the impact that that has on your page. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then obviously you can track your site and sales and stuff. Yep, site sales, the, the codes as well, everything. We track it to the T, you know? So. And what have you, have you seen, uh, I know the answer to this question, but have you seen a, de- a decrease in the return from influencers? Yes, it's, it's because of the huge, algorithm. Yeah, I, think it's, because I, think it's, I think it's more than just the algorithm. But it, It's more now because we're, yeah. we've been studying this like in and out you know, because we're in the forefront of this. No one's going to fucking tell us the real, you know, how it is because totally like, like yeah. I said, um, they won't. but we've no, we're noticing now that the, some influencers just don't sell because they're not the, the, they may have like 8 million followers, but they're mm-hmm. just looking at this girl or whatever, because of how hot she is or whatnot, you know, but she can't sell, yep. you know, and I'll both throw this out there too. We did a test, you know, we have, um, we're just trying to figure out who's the, the, the biggest influencer for the company, you know? So we did this whole um, test in uh, analytics and we ran the codes and all this stuff. The the influencers, our team of athletes, whatever, they bring about, what, take a guess, how much do you think of the revenue in sales total, like a percentage? We have a Man. team of like, I don't know, like 15 people. 15 so influencers. what the percentage of sales are from those influencers? Yeah, from our total. C- right? Compared to the total amount of sales. Mm-hmm. Like how much do you think they contribute? Oh, I'm gonna Gosh. let Mikey guess at this one. This, the, <laughs> I would say a point. Okay, no, no. So it's, it's roughly like nine percent. Oh, okay. That's that right. was it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's people right. People think like they're some people think they're like thirty percent. Oh, should I roll thirty-one yeah. percent, dude? Yeah, I, no. dude yeah. That's, uh, yeah, no. I, that's that's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah, but then out of that, we're trying to test like fuck, dude. Now we're figuring out that um, the 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 man behind it, which I hate to say it too, and I even asked Miguel or have a talk for that my personal page whatever does the, yep. the greatest and it's just like fuck dude that's where this generation is moving now the companies they want to see who's behind the actual totally. company yeah totally and, and remember how this thing was was born right, right. this thing was born because of you right, right? And, and not only that it's like dude in this day and age people have caught on to influencers and how they make mm-hmm. money and mm-hmm. it, that's very exactly. different than you talking about your brand and people resonate with that mm-hmm. people want they follow you they want to support you they it's a lot different than mm-hmm. oh this person's works out and has a live fit shirt and she's telling me to go buy it mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not going to have the same impact it's not organic yeah no it's like i mean think about it dude who's going to who's going to sell more teslas elon musk talking about go buy this tesla or like some, yeah. <laughs> some random Instagram model that he paid. Yeah, you know exactly. What I'm saying? It's, no, it's, for sure. That's what it should be. That's exactly. exactly what it should be. Yeah. So then, now, like when we choose our influencers, it's not as much as like if they can sell. It's who can vibe with the company and, totally. and add different types of value. You know, like who is actually making an impact 
um, through the fitness world, you know, not yep. necessarily selling clothes, but just providing different types of value. Yeah, totally. You know? Think about it. With marketing, it's like so much of it is storytelling and connecting with people, right? right. And if you just pay somebody to post something, there's no true connection. But if mm-hmm. you're talking about bringing on influencers or ambassadors that are a kind of part of this actual thing, right? People resonate more. Yeah, with that. exactly. That's and that's what, what I, I think. yeah, that's why I got to give it up to my athletes and my ambassadors. Do they every one of them? contribute and bring their own value you know yeah whether it doesn't necessarily have to be like fucking selling clothes and shit but they're bringing like fitness value they're impacting lives motivating uh, girls uh men and women you know so it's that type of value you want your brand to affiliate affiliate with you know what i'm saying that's awesome yeah. so yeah Oh, well, that's awesome. good to understand behind it because I think people do want to see a leader. And I've noticed in LiveFit, I've noticed you in the content. And I like seeing that as opposed mm-hmm. to seeing a different person. Not that not to downplay the influencers, right. no, but 100%. people like to see a leader. They mm-hmm. like to see who's behind it and what's going on. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. When I was researching for the interview, I watched a bunch of your interviews mm-hmm. and it was really cool to know about your story. And I think that really grabs people. So mm-hmm. that's good to know. Thanks Me for too. sharing that, man. Yeah, for I sure. do too. Um, have you had any offers yet? As far as buying? Acquisite, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I had one, I think, two years deep into the game. It was a nutrition store. So about four years ago. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. How long have, How long has Lipit been around? Six, six, six years? Six, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So four years in? Yeah. Oh, no, two years in. Two years I in. Think, yeah. I, I had two acquisitions, and then, uh, yeah, these guys uh, came in, big ball, ball players, and just, you know, hanging money over over my head. I'm, Can you say the amount? Uh, yeah. they offered, One of them offered $5 million, which was a lot at the time. Yep. You know, I was like, oh, shit. You know, five million dollars. Fucking. They wanted to buy the whole thing. Uh, no, they still wanted me in it, but he wanted a percentage. They wanted to buy into it. Buy into it, yeah. Would Majority or minority? Uh, we didn't even get that far. Okay. okay. I was just like, no, oh, dude, I'm cool, man. I'm having fun. Okay. Up, I just, <laughs> I went to the meeting, two meetings, and I just, I heard him out, and 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 I just, you know, just to yeah, hear sh- the offer, totally, see yep. what they can, uh, see what they can do, and I was like, you know what, I'm having fun right now, dude, and, and I think. In my head, I knew, dude, it's got to be organic. It's got to be, it's got to be me doing this shit for fun, for the love of it, you know, because it's going to come off organic. And that's just the way we're moving. Technology's moving. It's just like, just you and your your fans and you and your customers, you know. So I was like, you know what? Sorry, no money's going to fucking buy me right now, dude. I'm I'm chilling, dude. I'm having fun. Yeah, <laughs> love it. I love yeah, it. I totally so, love it. That's awesome. And uh, that seems like that was the right decision. Yeah, right decision. Yep. And like everything to everything we built now, you know, we have um, roughly 30 employees. You know, we, um, what do you call, provide full health benefits, uh, dental, eye, and everything for, you know, it's crazy. And we Yeah, tell us about scratch, your employee. Dude. Tell us about, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. That's mm-hmm. always interesting here, your culture at LiveFit. Yeah. Um, dude, we've, we've uh, hired and had to really, what do you call it, dial in our, our culture, you know? Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, um, people that grow with you sometimes feel a different type of way once you start maturing and stuff. And then you're like, okay, you got to weed these people out, you know? So we've been through those hard times, but now we have uh, roughly, like I said, 30 employees. Um, I think half of them are full-timers and everyone's just fucking vibing. And it's cool. Everyone's fucking getting along. We're all professional. Everyone knows what they're doing, what their jobs are supposed to be, you know? And everyone just kind of like fence for themselves, clean up after themselves. Just like those little mm-hmm. things that make your work day a lot better. Everyone yeah. understands that, you know, and everyone's just fucking just vibing good, you know, and, and our, our teams just, we take constructive criticism very well. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, it's fucking cool, you know? And then yeah. for me to offer, like I said, the benefits and stuff, cause a lot of the guys that we, we have have families, you know, they have kids, they have babies and stuff. So, 
um, it's cool. It's a good feeling that you're able to take care of them. You know, do you guys do any type of corporate events or does that just kind of happen? Uh, we do, we do have corporate events. We do like our red carpet event, um, at, at the end of the year. We did one at the Beverly Hills. We, we, we rented on a fucking mansion and just threw, we, we did like award ceremony. We gave like trophies to the athletes. We did uh, awards to like um, the, the corporate team and stuff. So but who was all there? You had the athletes, influencers, and the employees? Yeah, employees, staff, influencers, ambassadors. And we did our close friends and the, the big retailers and nice. stuff. So they get an award too, you know? Cause uh, yeah, it's sick, you know, just to keep keep that company culture, that 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 yeah, vibe, yeah. you know, where people want to be a part of it. So got to keep the employees happy, you know. Awesome. And just everything at work is pretty relaxed too, you know. But if we need to get cracking, I'll get cracking. Don't you know? I'm not yeah. soft like that. But <laughs> you always want to motivate them at the same time. So we yeah, things are always new and they're always hungry, you know. Yeah. So where's do you have like a where are you taking this thing? You have like a, a kind of a. Uh, two-year vision, a 10-year vision? Um, right now, we're still trying to scale the online part, but we're, we're taking, there's a lot of things going on now. There's this um, new project, the capsule thing, maybe we'll touch yeah, on we that Yeah, no, let's touch okay. on it right now. I was okay. going to touch, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we'll, we have this um, subscription-based box that we're doing, but it's not like your typical box. You know, this capsule box is what, what we call like your, your monthly dose of Live Fit. Um, it's a box where you only get exclusive stuff in that box you can't buy it at the stores you can't buy it online so we're making stuff just for that it's not overstock junk shit what are some I mean? of those things that you put in it what, what are some of the things yeah so oh, i'm just gonna cut you off real quick yeah. do you have any subscription model right now or is the capsule the first that's the first one Got yeah it. so Got we gotcha. just launched we just launched it it's live um we didn't ship the first box yet it's shipping like it's gonna ship soon gotcha you know so this is like our very first test at it um but the, the cool thing about like our company, so like when we do expos and stuff like that, we always have a long line because like we're built on social media, right? So we have a fan base. So when we do these events, there's a line to come meet us and, and whatnot. Yeah. And the lines can be up to four hours long. So one of the things that you mm. get in this box too are like VIP tickets to the front of the line. Just cut cut the line, come meet us, you know, maybe like a free shirt and stuff like that. It's like these other, you know, cool things like that. And, and I feel nowadays the market or companies are so much online. Mm -hmm. When we grew up, I'm sure you can relate too, Mikey. When we grew up, we'd like to have posters, skateboarding posters, yep, tangible shit, yep. CCS catalogs, just like little shit, you know, yeah. that's cool. So we're going to provide postcards of our athletes signed in there too, like nice. a thank you card and just stuff that you can keep, posters and shit like that. I don't know if kids still use it, but I hope they do. Stickers, decals, water bottles, um, and then obviously the exclusive shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. But just cool shit, pins and, you know, stuff that fucking tangible goods dude. yeah that's I rad. think kids are like lacking that shit right now you know yeah but and one thing you touch on that uh i'll ask real quick is who should and should not do subscription i think everybody's doing it right now mm -hmm. but i think sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah you know what it's crazy because we didn't know how hard it was to dial in this this the back end logistics of it. the logistics yeah. yeah so if you don't have your fucking shit down if you already have inventory issues or production issues don't fucking do it because you're gonna you're gonna have some that's lesson number customers. one. Yeah. And um, don't do it if you plan on doing overstock shit. You're going to get bad reviews. And you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not to throw any other names, but I've, I've seen other companies do it. And then we've seen, because we, we've done our research, we go on YouTube and, and look up reviews. Yeah. People are just like, dude, I would never wear this. So they give them overstock, the shirts <coughs> that, that people sold. didn't want. They send it out yeah. and no one wants right. it. What is your price at? Um, ours is at 70 bucks. And the stuff you get in there is, I think, over $100 value. Yeah. So or you're selling stuff that people would actually want. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I, I agree with you. I think some yeah. of these boxes are are, are ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. like they're playing off of you're gonna forget to cancel this thing. Yeah, just keep which is the it. worst yeah, to do. So which bad. is the worst if you don't ever want someone to forget get charged. I actually really like that. Upset. I like that you're doing stuff that is exclusive to the subscription that only, you can't you can get. only get that. That's, We're that's custom awesome. Labels and everything and, and the our, benefits. Yeah, our cancel or our policy thing is just cancel. There's no contract. Yeah. Charge is month to month. That's too, so awesome. You know? Yeah, so love it. We don't want to bind anybody, you know, because we we've seen it all done before. Yeah, you know th- that's funny because I'm I'm on the I'm, we talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm on the page of subscription. I mm-hmm. think like I think it's it's really cool if you can do it well, but it's like the everybody wants to do it and everybody mm-hmm. tries to do it and and you just got to know your customers, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. ours is like it's so broad too, you know, like we're throwing wrist wraps in there, you know, just I, like cool fitness stuff because a lot of stuff is wear and tear stuff too. You know, yeah. So they're gonna wear through it. Like, might as well throw it in, in the box yeah. every month. So it sounds like it's a, it's a very easy way to unsubscribe. Yeah. Does that mean that you don't really uh, need much customer service, or do you have that? Is that an no, issue have, at play? We have customer. Yeah, service. that was one yeah. thing you emphasized. So oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess this is pretty rare too. I didn't know at the time, but now we have an actual like customer service department with a phone line, nine to five phone line and a live chat. I don't know any other clothing brand that has that, but we have like reps on the phone talking, closing deals and making sure our customers are happy. And you know, if if the auto stock item and whatnot, just because it's direct to consumer, you know, this like the, these people are like, we have such high volume on our customer service will turn me away from ever purchasing anything again from a brand. It is, it, I'll never go back once it happens. Once I get a bad customer, you just never go back. So that's really good. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's really cool. I think that's great. (laughs) Um, And then are you, you mentioned a survey. Can you talk about that publicly? Yeah. Your process behind that? Yeah. So we we took a survey prior because, you know, we were like, all right, you you can either go the men's box or the girl's box, you know? And this was specifically for the capsule program? For the capsule box. Okay. Yeah. Because the goal is to, to... send them obviously products that you can produce and have them save money. But once you start having um, more options, it gets harder just on our back end, you know, for women and men. Because sometimes the woman likes the guy's t-shirts and Mm -hmm. likes the guy's hats. So we're like, dude, you know, and we can't please everybody. So we're just going to do like a unisex type of box uh, for now. And then asking people like what their favorite color or what kind of other questions did we have? Um, you can, you can talk. Yeah. yeah like design wise, like what that, like we offer headwear. So what type of headwear do you prefer? Yeah. You know, just gotcha. yeah, what type of headwear, yeah. what type of design stuff, you know, just, and I think really that, dialing I think in, that you know? information is actually really valuable. Yeah. <clears throat> and with our production time and lead time, we have such a, a good, uh, grasp on that to where we can produce right away so we would gather all that data prior mm-hmm. and cl- on that cutoff date and produce this the goods that are going to be in the box two weeks so we don't sit on some overstock and then you know ship it out right away where do you get your product made we have we everywhere a lot of our stuff is here in the u.s we have some stuff in china we have some stuff in pakistan it just depends on what goods do you do any are. manufacturing at your place or um i used to uh no like so screening no no we None, all right? we outsource everything so gotcha. our center is a distribution center gotcha yeah and what is, uh, I know there's going to be a significant uh, difference in turn time from getting outsourced in China as opposed to U.S. Right. Uh, what, what time frames are you looking at, if you don't mind saying? As far as I'm the, so sorry, like, the, let's the, say, the overseas let, stuff? Yeah, let's say overseas. Some of our overseas stuff, it depends because we have like a few vendors um, overseas. Some of them can take up to like six months. Yeah. Some yeah. of them can take up to three. Some okay. of them can take like a year. Okay, so depending. we're, doing, we're yeah. doing the same stuff. Okay. Yeah, but all the other stuff that we're doing for like capsule, all that's all like US made. So we're okay. getting it all here, all manufactured here, you know, yeah. so we can dial it in, get it done in two weeks and 
film. Is it all printables or do you guys do cut and sew as well? We do cut and sew. Yeah, we that's do awesome. cut and sew. All cut and sew here too. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah. There's such a such a massive difference in that. Oh, I yeah. Think. It yeah. is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, it's exciting. I mean, it, I... I can see why your brand <laughs> is having so much success and why yeah. it has you. You are, uh, it's impressive how you've done it. It's really actually Thanks. amazing to hear. And there's some Thanks. really smart things you've done. It's like you paid your dues. You came. You had what five companies? Yeah. Is that the right number? It's somewhere around there. Probably, five companies yeah. learned your craft. Uh huh. Some very smart things like printing Long Beach. That was really like <laughs> I'm just seeing a lot. Not printed Long Beach. Now think about it. Anybody that sees Live Fit. The first time I saw it, I was like, yes, I want to live. So I just instantly adapted to a lot of smart stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. But dude, I, I just got to say thing. this real quick before I forget. Yeah. So, so the first time I ever saw Randall was through Nick because Nick Dompierre yeah, yeah. Uh, was an, uh, an, was an, an influencer athlete yeah. for, at the time. And I remember like, holy shit, like Nick got a sponsorship. In, yeah, yeah. In, was it bodybuilding or working out? No, we were sponsoring him for skating. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I saw his Instagram. I was like, damn. Yeah, he got jacked. They sponsored him for, get, for working out, well, he right? he was buff, so and it then made I saw, sense, you know? And yeah. then I saw you in his photo, and I was like, yeah. who's I, who's this guy? I checked <laughs> it out, right? And then I'm just, I, I, I keep seeing you kind of pop up. Yeah, here yeah, yeah, no, But it sure. was amazing that we, we connected, and dude, he can fully skate. I, I know, dude. It's like, funny. I got yeah. a text from the first time we texted. He's like, dude, check this video. And he's like, yeah, I sent this video. Dude. I saw <laughs> one in your warehouse a couple months ago, like a kickflip board, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's so what I sent awesome. him. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> and then you just also, I, this just came, I just thought of this. You're doing a lot of podcasts recently. So go right. check out Randall's stuff, man. I, I watched the Andy Frisella one. What other ones have you done? I've done a passionate few, right? Yeah, passionate few with Omar. I did one with Ed Milet, the Max Out yep. one. Um, I've done dramas, uh, short story long. That's right. Um, yeah, I just done a ton, dude. And, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and tell us about your team. We, they're just, if you can't see them, they're off camera, but they're here. Yeah. Uh, you spoke really highly of them in the pre interview. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your team and what they do and yeah. who's here. So, right now, I have Danny, our video guy right there. We got Miguel, our main photographer, marketing, and like, um, media director and then david right there he's just one of my old homies he used to work or he does work at the um uh, warehouse stuff but he has a, a canvas business that he helps me out with too you want to plug he's, a, he's plug an artist it. yeah what's your what's your what's your what's the business name oh it's his it's just his instagram deep what is what is it yeah see you see that right there you might want to shorten that <laughs> make it easier <laughs> yeah because you got a tip see, from randall we'll, right we'll plug you we in we'll put it in the, in the link We'll put it in the link. Yeah, no, he's done some stuff for for (laughs) me too as well. He's he's done. um, He he just did a a ton of stuff for the Rockets guys. Like he'll he'll draw them, but in like a what what do you call that? Juxtapose digital digital art. Yeah, got you. Okay, so let's check it out. Your face right here. Awesome. (laughs) So you have these guys with you, and you do a lot of YouTube stuff. You do like a lot of vlogs. That that style of thing. Yep. So the Danny right here, he does a lot of my um, uh, personal YouTube stuff, and then he does like a lot of the cinematic. Okay. stuff that you see that's that looks fucking crazy yeah. on, on youtube and on our channel and then miguel pretty much runs the whole he does all the photography all of them for all my brands yeah and then he does um uh the marketing stuff for the email subscription and he pretty okay. much runs a lot he runs the whole capsule thing i don't know dude like i said we wear a lot of hats but he pretty much t- manages all the other guys that are in the the media uh, gotcha. team because there's a, another designer another video guy mm-hmm. so, so that's the thing here with our company we don't contract these guys, you know. We these guys are all totally. on salary, dude. It's crazy, and 
I didn't even know that was that wasn't normal until someone was like, "Dude, you don't contract?" I was like, "Nah, dude, these guys are fucking good." Yeah, because yep. we're in that in that generation where we're always needing content. Always, yep. so yeah. Constantly... That's a good point, though. It's changing. Yeah, you you need somebody around you all day long, and and, and it's just to give off that same type of image. Oh, totally. Editing yeah. that style, that vibe, you know, because mm-hmm. as you start bouncing around it, your your brand changes. Mm-hmm. People get different feelings. This one it stays con- constant. You know, my guy's been shooting since like day one. So like everyone vibes with that yeah. type of editing. It's like yeah. all that's lit fits photo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and it keeps the brand consistent. Hmm. So where exactly. where can everybody find you? Find me. I have my personal website, which is randall-pitch.com, and P I C H. Uh, yeah, P I C H. And two L's in Randall. Yep. R E N D A L L. That's right. Yep. <laughs> uh, what, what is do you use Instagram? Is yep. that what you're most active on? Yep. So Instagram, Instagram is so is uh, at randall underscore pitch, and then uh, lift it is live underscore fit underscore apparel and then i have another brand called top threads that's more like streetwear which is just top threads and then uh yeah <laughs> awesome oh, i love yeah. it dude so yeah, and that's livefitapparel.com and topthreadsinc.com but we'll put all the links yeah perfect. The, uh, we'll link it all description perfect but, yeah awesome man well yeah. your story is amazing um we got some good insights here can't yeah, can't man. thank you enough for coming on um before I close it out, Mike, you got anything else? I think I think we got some good stuff here. Yeah, no, I think that was uh, I, that's dude. that was good, dude. I think it was yeah. awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Dude. I'm, I'm so I'm impressed, like, man. I'm hyped, dude. Seriously, yeah. I can't wait till this comes out. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's close it down. Um, anybody who's watching on YouTube, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you like what you're seeing, leave us a review. Reviews help us grow and help us get out there. We greatly appreciate them. And uh, any more info, Avni Intelligence, A-V-N-I Intelligence.com. And Randall, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. It was a blast. Awesome.